The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show features a special treat for you guys. If you guys uh, are real dyed-in-the-wool NFL fans, you know that the, the Football Outsiders Almanac is really the publication that you need at this time of the year to get ready for the upcoming NFL season, the the Football Outsiders Almanac to me is sort of like the uh, the Dane Brugler uh, NFL Draft Guide. You know, for this time of year, it's the must-have, must-read publication. And a little bit later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Aaron Schatz and Mike Tannier of Football Outsiders as we talk Giants and as we talk a little bit about uh, the 2021 Almanac, which is now available, you know, for you to purchase uh, a few different ways that uh, that Aaron will tell us about in an interview that, that you'll hear in just a little bit. Before that, few items that I wanted to touch on. The first thing is... Uh, the rehab of Saquon Barkley. It's becoming really, really obvious that uh, that following Saquon and and what, if anything, he does during training camp is going to be one of the big stories of camp beginning next week when uh, when veterans report to camp on July 27. Barkley has been really, really coy about what, if anything, he'll do during camp, about whether or not he'll be available for week one of the regular season, which is uh, September 12th against the Denver Broncos. You know, Barkley, of course, is rehabbing from a torn ACL that he suffered in week two of the 2020 NFL season. Honestly, I have a hard time believing that Saquon won't be ready to play, at least in a limited fashion, uh, against Denver. But he's been really, really coy about the whole situation I wonder if much of that is simply because that is what the Giants want him to do. They don't want him to make any promises. They don't want him to make any 
declarations that he will be available, that he'll be this or he'll be that. So they're they're just leaving wiggle room in case anything happens here. So I wonder how much of that is coming from Saquon and how much of that is, you know, he's been directed to be very, very non-committal or very, very evasive in terms of answering, you know, what he expects as he rehabs from that injury. I still fully expect Barkley to uh, to be a huge impact player for the Giants in 2021. Obviously, they need him to be that. Um, and I'm I'm not yet alarmed, you know, by anything that I've heard from from Barkley. We've seen lots of videos of him working on his own, you know, on, on Instagram and and Twitter and and places like that. So, you know, he looks like he's progressing. We'll find out as training camp goes along. But I'm not going to be alarmed, you know, right now by anything that 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 Barkley says. Uh, I I really think that this, to me, sounds like a case of of you know let's let's under promise and over deliver, you know, in a way. Let's not make promises that uh, that will be you know that Saquon will be ready for early in training camp. That he'll practice a lot, you know, that he'll that he'll take part in a lot of camp. So, or, or that he'll absolutely be ready for week one. And because, you know, no one knows for certain as a person rehabs from, you know, from an injury like this. But I'm not going to get all bent out of shape and, and worried about, about Barkley yet at this point in time. All right, folks, before we get to, uh, to the interview with uh, Aaron Schatz and Mike Tanier of Football Outsiders, just wanted to, uh, to make sure that you folks have, have been following along and that you're aware of the content that's available for you at Big Blue View as we get ready for the 2021 NFL season. Throughout the spring and summer, we have been doing 90-man roster profiles. As this show airs, we are almost at the end of those. You know, please check out the uh, the roster profiles story stream for all of the profiles that we have done so far and the handful of stragglers that are still to come over the next couple of days. Uh, We have also been doing a series that we call Better or Worse, in which we have been taking a position-by-position look at the Giants. At this point, we've gone all the way through the offense. Nick Filato handled all of those. We've done some of the defense. Yours truly is handling those. Couple of defensive positions still to go. As we look at whether the Giants roster, you know, position by position is better in 20, heading into 2021 than it was last season. Another thing that we have been doing is ranking the 90 man Giants roster. We're doing that in groups of 10. As I record this, we're we're down from 90 to 51 and we'll continue to post those in groups of 10 as we rank the players in on the Giants roster the uh, the lower we get toward number 1 really the overriding concern is going to be importance to the roster importance to the 2021 Giants as we put that together Obviously, there's a lot of subjectivity in in those rankings, and I'm sure that uh, those of you who read them and look at them on Big Blue View, you're going to have your own opinions. You're going to disagree with a lot of of what I've got listed here, but 
as I keep saying in, in the printed version of that content on Big Blue View, really, you know, what I'm mostly concerned about is getting players into the proper groups of 10. But I hope you enjoy that content as well. Another thing that we've been doing is, uh, Big Blue View staff contributor Emily Iannacone has been going through NFC East position by position rankings, looking at all four teams in the division and ranking the position groups according to how she believes they stack up, you know, at the various position groups. At the end of all of that, we will in some fashion sort of total all of that up and figure out, you know, from top to bottom who we believe are the the best to worst teams in the division. And, and finally, folks, if you have been following throughout the summer and for the last several years, we always do our summer school series. And Chris Flum has been handling most of the posts for that this year. And we're continuing that as we always do. We try to help you guys understand a little bit more about football, about the nuances of the game, about how it all works. We hope you've been enjoying that, not only this summer, but for the last several years. So if you haven't, please check that out. Again, you can find in our Summer School Story Stream, you can find all of the content dating back to when we started that series, which I believe was somewhere around 2016. Each summer we have been... uh, we have been putting uh, putting those posts together. So hopefully you can find some things in there that you'll learn from and enjoy. All right, Giants fans, with that said, let's take a short break here for a word from our sponsors at SB Nation. When we come back, I will have for you the interview that I did with Aaron Schatz and Mike Tannier of Football Outsiders. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 
All right, Giants fans, special treat for you guys as we get ready for uh, for Giants training camp. I'm joined now by Aaron Schatz and Mike Tanier of Football Outsiders as we uh, as we preview uh, your 2021 New York Giants. Guys, thank you very, very much for, for a few minutes. Thanks for having us on the show. Our pleasure. Hey, you know, congratulations on uh, on another edition of the the outstanding must read football outsiders almanac 2021 there you go there you go um what is this aaron what is this 17 years now 17 years that we've been doing these preseason annuals yeah it's a long time football outsiders was founded in 2003 so we can vote this year (laughs) wow there you go And hey, be, before we before we get into the Giants, Aaron, quickly, um, quickly, you guys made some changes to the product this year. Looked like first time in a long time, new website, some other product changes. Just uh, you know, just quickly talk about those for for folks who might not be familiar. Yeah, so we're uh, really beefing up FO Plus, which is our premium subscription now. You can get the book in a print form on Amazon the way we've done in past years. But electronically, the way you get the book is an FO Plus subscription, which is actually on sale right now. You can get it for the whole year for just $1 a week. You can also get a monthly subscription. And that gives you our preseason fantasy football projection tool, our in-season weekly fantasy projections and fantasy tools, our historical database, and the Football Outsiders Almanac 2021 electronic version and one of the cool things we did this year is we took the 32 team pages and we made them into online articles so they're really easy to access from your device to read the main 32 team pages then you download the pdf to read all the player comments and the college football content and all the other stuff in the book it's it's, uh, it's well worth the money folks so uh, so spend it get your copy make yourself smarter about the uh, 2021 NFL season. And uh, Hey, Mike, first question I have to ask you, mm-hmm. and, and I, and I, I'm not sure that anyone else in the universe is capable of writing this sentence. Did you actually write the sentence in, in reference to Dave Gettleman calling him the NFL's least repentant cackling Facebook uncle? Where, I mean, come on. There is nothing like being live for a Dave Gettleman press conference. It's like, who was that comedian that would smash the watermelons with Gallagher? It was like a Gallagher. If he gets mad, you're going to get smashed with watermelon juice from Dave Gettleman. That's the way it goes. I stand behind Art Stapleton and Duck or, or Tommy Rock and I duck. And that way I don't get splashed. But yes, I came up with that. And I think I think he comes by it honestly. I think he likes it a little bit. He, he enjoys sort of roasting the media back and, and kind of throwing things back in our faces. And he's not the biggest uh, public fan of analytics. I think privately he, he's a little bit more uh, thoughtful about it. But publicly, he kind of likes uh, likes needling it and stirring the pot a bit. Hey, he traded down this year. So yes. team analytics, man. Yeah. Hey, there you go. I mean, Dave Gettleman learning new tricks at the age of, what is he, 69 now, I think? I'm not going to speculate. That sounds like a good age. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Gettleman, I, I can't decide. I, I like Dave as a person. Yeah. I really do. I like Dave as a person. I 
I'm not sure about him as a general manager. I I think I I think I I like him as a scout. I like his evaluations, yeah. you know. But I I have my my issues with with him as a GM. But but as much as I get tired of watching the Giants lose, you know, I'm gonna miss him when his time comes. I'm gonna miss those press conferences. It's, it's better. I mean, Floyd Reese probably put together better teams along the way, but he went out of his way to be boring. Um, and, and Gettleman, I think he likes performing a little bit. I think he likes doing the routine. But, you know, but to what you said earlier, Gettleman can spot a really good ball player. He can especially spot a good lineman, both sides of the ball. He knows them. He can identify them. He can find them. And then he just takes them. He don't care what round it is, how much they cost. He just takes them. So he, he will find these good ball players, but he, does, he seems almost to be, like, allergic to the idea or against the idea of saying that different positions have different values and running back shouldn't be valued at this level. And, you know, guards shouldn't be battled at this level. He just grabs the guys he wants to get. And sometimes you'll wind up with an okay team, but it's never going to be optimized to the point where you're going to, or it could, if it's optimized, it's because guys hit in the sixth round and things went a certain way. Not like this is the plan and it's the best plan to succeed. In many ways, he's very good at identifying the best players at positions Built an optimal team for 1975. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I I hear you because a lot of his approach has always been old school. Even this year, you know they they went they went heavy on on cornerbacks. You know they signed Adoree Jackson. They drafted two cornerbacks. They've kind of gone heavy on the secondary the last couple of years. And, and when he was asked about it, he says, "Well, you guys tell me it's a passing league." <laughs> yeah, like he needed us to tell him, right, right. He was flash. Yeah, you know, you guys, Mike, I think you used the term um, suboptimal decisions for a lot of the choices that Dave has right. made, you know, over the years. And and I think you want to give me, I, you know, you wrote about this, but you want to give me a couple examples of, of, of those kinds of decisions? Well, last year, the offensive tackle you drafted. Now, he came along at the end of the year. But it's hard to say that he was the best offensive tackle on that draft. You know, when the kid in Tampa Bay played well and Becton for the Jets played well, and for the first half of the, of the season, your quarterback was running for his life. So it's not that he drafted a bad player. It's just it was suboptimal. It's not that Saquon Barkley is a bum and that he can't rebound and things like that, but it was a draft full of quarterbacks, and you went and got a running back who's been injured to, to the last two years. So. He could bounce back and have a fine season, have a fine career, whatever. That's not likely, but it's possible. But it's clearly suboptimal. So then you go the next year and you get Daniel Jones. And I wasn't one of these people who ripped the shreds out of Daniel Jones. And I am somewhat sanguine that he could still become a, a, a quality quarterback. Maybe that was a decent pick at that point. But the optimal choice would have gone when there were quarterbacks in the draft and gotten one of those guys. So almost each stage along the way, it's not this terrible decision. Maybe not a decision that starts to be ripped and roasted and made fun of to that degree, but it just doesn't add up. If he had made a better decision or just like what seems like a more logical decision each time, they'd probably have a more modern, more logical roster right now. Well, the way I look at it, I think that I feel like the Giants are making progress, but I feel like they're making it at a snail's pace. And I feel like, you know, you, you mentioned the Barkley decision. So Aaron, I, I, I will ask you, you know, I always felt like, okay, if you're not going to take a quarterback in 2018, I think it was for Barkley, fine. But you can't start your rebuild with a running back. You start your rebuild by doing what the Indianapolis Colts did. 
you know, and in which case you might actually wind up with, with Quentin Nelson and Nick Chubb. If, if you make that trade, I mean, if you, you know, and, and that's just, you know, pie in the sky, a pie in the sky, maybe, but, but it's, it's hard to argue, you know, that Barkley isn't a great player, but you can still go back and argue that it wasn't the right way for the giants to start. It's two things. The first is the difference between a great running back and an average running back is a much smaller difference than the difference between a great cornerback and an average cornerback or a great edge rusher and an average edge rusher. Part of the problem with running backs that leads to the idea in the analytics community that running backs don't matter is not that they're not good athletes. It's that too many of them are good athletes. There's tons of good athletes just out there after the draft as undrafted free agents that you can pick up guys like James Robinson, right? I mean, 15 pound muscles run a four, four, 40 out there, seventh round, they're out there. So that's one issue. And the other issue is when you focus on the running back, that the fact that the passing game is more important in foot in football and modern NFL than the running game, that you're focusing on the running game instead of focusing on the passing game. And when you have a pick as high as number two overall, that pick has got to be a pick that either helps your pass or helps your pass defense. So let me ask you guys this. I think your model shows, you know, the giants winning, I think 7.4 games. I mean, there's, Around the Giants, around the fan base, after the things that the Giants did in the offseason, the fact that Gettleman actually traded down and sort of changed the narrative a little bit. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of optimism. I mean, you know, maybe it's misplaced. Maybe it's just hopeful. You know, but but you guys, as I as I as I read through, you know, through the almanac and, and, and look at your stuff, you're kind of throwing cold water on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's, what's the, your take? The first thing I'd say is don't lose hope right. because our projections represent the mean of a range of possibilities. And in all of our simulations, the giants still go to the playoffs 28% of the time. Right. So, and you're not in the situation of Houston Texans fans <laughs> where <just laughs> rooting for the team is completely depressing right now. Right. <laughs> so even if we're down on your team, don't lose hope. Like there still is a chance for this season to be good, but yeah, overall, we just don't feel like this is one of the better franchises in the NFL right now. And what I tried to reflect because when I saw the projection, I went through and it's like, and you see it in the chapter, one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. That's a legitimate reason for optimism. A lot of injuries last year that kind of held them back. That's a reason for optimism. And you put those things together and, and, and say, well, the, the, uh, the free agent class looked very impressive. That's the reason for the op- optimism. You run the numbers and you're just expecting too much of a Daniel Jones year three jump. Like we can talk about Josh Allen and do it like it's a drinking game and do a shot every time a third year quarterback makes a leap. It doesn't happen very often. You can say Saquon's in the best shape of his life and he, his, uh, his thighs look like, uh, you, you know, uh, tree, tree trunks, but there's a much likely more chance that he's, that he's hurt again. And if you look at the defense, there's no signs that defense is going to be getting better. I saw, you know, Blake Martinez, these other guys play well last year. They're all at their prime right now. This is not a defense that has lots of young guys running up. And all those guys at the prime came out to like a pretty good defense, not like a world thing, not the Washington defense, for example. So there's reasons for that, but for everything that's trending up, there's like another thing kind of trending down and the Giants kind of get stuck in that, like a team that wasn't built 
to like hit a window and like hit, hit it stride at any one time. Oh, it's another Gettleman thing. Doesn't believe in windows. Yeah, that's it. He doesn't believe in Windows. (laughs) Right. Oh, Microsoft Windows. He makes jokes about it like that. But, for example, everyone takes a leap this year and you win 11 games. Guess what? Now you got to play Saquon. Now you got to pay Daniel Jones. I don't know if there's a plan moving forward for that. So you would do that. Like, oh, you know what we have to do? We have to cut Blake Martinez and cut, uh, you know, some of the guys in the secondary who are veterans because we have to pay our quarterback and running back now. So I don't know how that progresses to the next step. And the Giants are not a disaster. This team does not suck. So the most likely scenario is something like a seven and 10 season where you're not in the playoffs, but you're also not at the top of the draft. Maybe you guys can speak to this. I think part of what a lot of this speaks to is, you know, the giants have been to the playoffs one time since winning the super bowl in 2011 And I don't know if there's an analytic model that speaks to this, but you know, when you, when you go through a string of years, which the giants, you know, have done where, where they're not good, it is very difficult. Although you see teams do it sometimes it is difficult, you know, to, to climb out of that hole, you know, when it's been, when it's been five or six or seven years, because you have to do so many things correctly. You can't have a DeAndre Baker mishap and things, yeah. things like yeah. that. Totally blown first round pick. Right. But the most important thing is the quarterback. The way that you dig yourself out of long holes is with good young quarterbacks. And the Giants did take their shot, not the year we thought they should, not the Barkley year, but they took their shot with Jones. Mm-hmm. And so far it hasn't worked out, which means if it doesn't work out this year, now you have to start looking at taking another shot. Like, the way you climb out of these holes is the young quarterback. And so far, Jones hasn't been a star. Right. You're not building optimally around him. You're not maximizing your chance he's going to be a star. Yeah, that's true. So now, now this is the year. Now you've got some more receivers and things like that. This is in your third year. Have bad habits been ingrained at this point? I don't know. Has he been running for his life too many years before this? I don't know. I will have to wait and see. You know, I, I ask a lot of people that this question, but we're sitting here year three. We're talking about Daniel Jones. We're still not sure what he is. And really, you know, it's not necessarily black and white. Like if this happens, they're definitely going to have, you know, going to have to go get another quarterback. If he has a good year, they definitely have their quarterback for the next 10 years. It's not necessarily black and white, but, if, if you had to, to pick sides a, at the end of the 2021 season, do you think the Giants are going to look at Daniel Jones and say, we can go forward with this kid or, hey, we've got two first round picks. We better package them and go get ourselves a, a quarterback in the top five or six or wherever we are. I think the most likely is that they're going to have to go get another quarterback. The, the fact is that Uh, The most common time for a quarterback to take a big jump in his quality is the second year, not the third year, not the fourth year. I think you're going to, the most likely scenario is that Jones is below average, not terrible, not like what Carson Wentz or Dwayne Haskins was last year, but he's below average. And you come to the end of the year and you're like, yeah, we got to take another shot at this. And remember though, the conservatism of the Giants, organization 
that might be the obvious solution and that might be the solution they don't choose because like we want to be certain we want to we want to take our time an extra year and that could be potentially something that sets you back two or three years they could say to themselves we want to use these two first round picks on weapons for jones yeah. to show that he can develop in his fourth year or another offensive lineman to protect him to show that he can that he can uh improve in his fourth year but if if he's still below average by the end of year three that's probably the guy you got i think i talked to mike tannenbaum you know about jones and and what he said at one point which i think rings true and i'll i'll let you guys comment on this is he said no matter what is around a guy he said, sooner or later, at some point, they'll show you if there's greatness there. Yeah. And I don't know how you guys feel about that. I mean, we haven't seen it from Jones yet. We've seen some flashes of good play, but but obviously, I think we need to see, you know, is there greatness inside that guy this year? Right. I mean, you because we can look at the injuries of the wide receiver core last year. It's like, well, he had no one to throw to. And that's true to a degree. If you are developing at that level, you sort of develop the weapon. You find you find this other way of getting the job done. It doesn't necessarily mean you go 12 and four as a result, but you say, oh, this was unanticipated. This was unanticipated. You're showing that. I guess Slayton would be the unanticipated guy who popped up, but that is it. And there are a lot of other players that were on it, like Tate, like Ingram, who are still very, very hit or miss players, where if he's showing the sign of excellence or developing excellence, you would see it in the statistics of Shepard when he was healthy. You would see it in the statistics of the backs catching passes out of the backfield or something like that along the way. And let's, let's talk about the, uh, about the Giants offensive line a little bit. I know that the, uh, the statistics that none of it's good when it comes to Andrew Thomas, when it comes to Shane Lemieux, when it comes to a lot of those guys, um, you know, the Giants obviously pretty much went all in on this group. You know, yeah. so we we drafted these guys. We believe in these guys. We're going to go forward with these guys. Um, just, you know, thoughts on, you know, historically, do offensive linemen get that much better after their rookie years? And, and you know, do you feel like this group is going to reward the Giants for, for being patient with them? Yeah, you don't want to judge a guy after just one year, especially a first-round pick. And Thomas can absolutely get better, certainly. But, I mean, Will Hernandez got worse, didn't he? I mean, (laughs) so sometimes it goes the other way. The most likely thing is that Thomas plays better this year. And you don't – I don't want to judge anybody after one year at any position. Um, So that – I mean, that gives you a reason for optimism, sure. Yeah, and I think there was – I mentioned the book, like, most of his blown blocks, like a huge percentage of blown blocks were – Early in the season, before the offensive line coaching change, you know, the Highlander battle to see who could be the offensive line coach. Uh, and, and so he showed improvement at the, in the offensive line. That's something that will carry over from year to year, I think. Um, elsewhere on the line, it, it was difficult, by the way. There were so many changes on the line, things like that. It was hard to see signs of that. But there are guys like the right tackle, Perks. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Perks. Right. He did not show that kind of development. So you hope for it next year. You hope that there's competition in the- uh, Nate Slaughter comes in and takes that job. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why we're not sanguine. Because you can say Andrew Thomas is going to improve, and there's still maybe two or other, three other spots on the line. You're not sure they're going to improve. Yeah, the problem with offensive line is your weakness is your weakest guy. Like, even if yeah. you have, like, one or two guys that are really good, you're weak. You know, Zeitler was good, but mm-hmm. it didn't matter if the rest of the line was weak. You know? They'll find him. They'll find the weak guys, yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, defensive coordinators do have a habit of uh, of moving guys around and finding the weak link. Yep, yep. If he's find a, an edge rusher to your weak guy, it's hard to move an offensive lineman around to do or a you know blocking back to do something about that. Real quickly, guys, I know that we're we're kind of up against some some uh, time limits here. I wanted to ask you quickly about two guys. Uh, one on offense, one on defense, guys that the Giants are really, really banking on in 2021. You know, Leonard Williams, who they went all in on, uh, just production expectations for, for Leonard Williams. And, and on the offensive side of the ball, Kenny Galladay, guy who who got a surprisingly large amount of money from the Giants, uh, you know, so I guess my question is with both of those guys is – is is the money that they paid going to wind up being worthwhile? It's tricky with Leonard Williams. He is a very he is what he claims to be. What it says on the label, he's going to be an incredibly stout run defender. He's going to give you value of that. He does push your pocket along the way. I don't think he's a Fletcher Cox level all-purpose defensive player. So it's another suboptimal decision. You've got a really good player. You're outlaying money and you're outlaying draft picks to get him to pull him away from the Jets. Wasn't necessarily the bet the best bet that said their run defense will be stout and that is useful in terms of Galladay. I mean, he was very impressive when David Blau was the yeah. quarterback. He they had the third stringer two years ago in Detroit and, and, and Galladay's numbers when he was catching the ball from the third stringer were very, very strong. And, and when he was healthy last year, he followed that up. So I don't know necessarily from a price vantage point, I will say at least I can, un, I can see Jason Garrett's offense. I can close my eyes. I can see Galladay streaking down one side, Slayton streaking down the other side, Ingram Shepard running the slot stuff, you know, th- doing that stuff in there. And it makes sense logically that these guys, two guys or three guys at every role who can do those jobs. So I think, again, I don't think it's a terrible investment. I don't know if it's the best investment because you're paying a premium for a guy coming off injuries, coming in and trying to, to sort of like juice up your uh, – Galladay's a stud if he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, if he's healthy for the next three years, he'll be worth that contract. Yeah. If he's healthy. <laughs> oh, big, big if, and you know, the Giants fans will will cross their fingers. Guys, I know that you're that you're up against it. Mike, am I gonna see you out at uh, out at Giants uh, training camp at all? I sure hope so. We can travel again. I hope to be traveling up the turnpike. Never thought I'd say that. I'll be traveling up the New Jersey turnpike. Oh, there you go. I'll be, I have to travel. I have to travel down the New York state Thruway to get over there. So I I, I got the better deal. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's, you know, not, not that I'm expecting sympathy, but it's 140 miles one way for me. So (laughs) that's no fun. Both ways too. That's the worst part. There you go. And uh, Hey, before I let you guys go, Aaron, if you want to make, if you want to, just one last time, let people know, you know, how they can get uh, their copy of the Almanac, you know, go right ahead. Yep. Football Outsiders Almanac 2021, the electronic version you get at our site, footballoutsiders.com by becoming an FO plus subscriber. Lots of good other content, but the big thing is the Almanac right now. If you want the physical copy of the book, 525 pages of NFL and college season previews, you can go to amazon.com. Just look for Football Outsiders Almanac 2021. All right, guys, thank you very, very much for, for spending some time, and hopefully we get to do this again. Thanks for having us on. That's our show for today, Giants fans. Hope you really enjoyed the interview with Mike Tannier and Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. You know, please remember to, uh, 
you know, go out and get yourself a copy of, of the, the Almanac if you really, really want to dive in and, and learn the league in advance of the, the 2021 season. It'll be a worthwhile investment for you. And also, you know, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View. Check us out on Facebook. Follow Twitter at Big Blue View. Follow our, our YouTube page for, for videos, mostly from uh, Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. All right, Giants fans, thank you very, very much for listening and supporting Big Blue View in all of its different platforms. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.